104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. It is a beautiful, I mean, absolutely beautiful. Well, it could be some sun out, but it is a beautiful, beautiful fall, November morning, and we are getting set to talk about some football, which is great. Ned Reynolds is sitting here next to me. I'm Joe Weston, by the way. Ned, how are you this morning? Doing just great, and you absolutely described the conditions. Who would have thought that on November the 8th that we would be in the mid-60s? This is not a weather show, but it certainly does feel comfortable, and this old man loves that. I mowed the lawn yesterday. I got out and did some yard work yesterday because the weather's so nice. I can remember as a kid growing up, snow being on the ground possibly at this time. Stormy Davis is with us too. Stormy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Got out and enjoyed some of the weather yesterday and took a nice good drive and enjoying it today too. Like you said, not the sun, but... We're going to need a little bit out later today. So Excellent driving weather. Excellent weather to do yard work, but mm-hmm. even better to watch football in. And I'm so excited because we're back talking about football. Which this old man did yesterday, except I did more than watch it. had a game. Uh, the uh, game with uh, Lee Summit West and Nixa, which was an absolute dandy on a field bathed in sunshine. How is that stadium? I've heard that it's pretty impressive. I'll tell you this. This is, a, this is a completely objective viewpoint over my X number of years in broadcasting and the number of years I did Missouri State football with Art, Art Haynes, I was in press boxes that were much less than the one in Nixa. It is magnificent. I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about it. Let's they actually in. won an award for that project oh, really? in that stadium. The same uh, one we were talking about before the show. The other one of the other awards was for a specific project, and that Nixa football stadium did win that award. Wow! Thanks. So, Stormy, drop a knowledge all the way, right away. And what were we talking about before the show? I've only got one and two here and there, so i got to drop them when I can. So let me get this out right away. I want to pass on congratulations to Stormy and his family because they won Developer of the Year, Davis Properties. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank really you. Very proud of the team there. Let's get right into it and start talking some football now that we've congratulated each other and talked about <laughs> the weather for a little bit. Wait, i got one more. Okay, got one more. Okay. It's a holiday. Ned, this is especially for you. Happy National Harvey Wallbanger Day. <laughs> I just got to toss that out there for okay, you. Okay, all right. All right. Very good. All right. Let's talk about uh, who's hot in the NFL. It's brought to you by, um, where are we at? All Service Air Service. That's well, who certainly does it. the Kansas City Chiefs are. They're playing so very well. Big game today with the Carolina Panthers. We'll explain that a little bit later on. But among the other teams who are playing well, I, I, I'm not a fan of, but I'm an admirer of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a big game coming up a little bit later on tonight, and they have one coming up later on this month when they play the Chiefs. But the fact is that that team, Tom Brady's team, has played so very well. They've come together after an opening game loss, and I think they're really on a roll at the moment. Do like the Green Bay Packers, think they have played well. There are Seattle Seahawks are playing well, and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, these teams are in the NFC West And the NFC West started out very strong, but a couple of teams have begun to falter a bit, the Rams and the 49ers. But you do have the Cardinals and Seahawks, who are really at the top of their game. Biggest disappointment of all has to be the Dallas Cowboys. They have not not come to the fore one little bit. Stormy, your thoughts on who's hot in the NFL? Uh, i got to kind of echo that. I've got to go with the Seahawks and the Packers. I think both those teams have got a ton of potential going in. You know, we thought we had a few 
shining teams early on with like the Buffalo Bills and all this kind of stuff fettered out real quickly. But uh, so far, the Packers and the Seahawks have been staying very strong. This should be good good matchups later on in the year. One team neither one of you mentioned is the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. To. And the Steelers are legit. But are they legitimate undefeated? Nah, maybe not. They've been able to eke out a couple of victories here that, given a set of breaks, might have gone the other way. I'm not sold on Pittsburgh being a, a, a class championship team, but they are certainly going to be in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they're a team with whom to be reckoned. I'd almost put the Cleveland Browns in there, too, because they are a team coming up, and now they have Baker Mayfield on the COVID-19 list, restricted list. doesn't have the virus, but he's on the restricted list. That may affect them, but uh, over and above all that, Pittsburgh Steelers have played very well. I'd like to see them in a very tough portion of the schedule, though. Let's uh, go back to the team that you mentioned first, the Buccaneers. I watched a little bit of that game last week. I think it was, was it Monday night or Sunday night that they played? They were on Monday night. Monday night. And the, the Gi- New, York, New York Giants. Yeah, right? they're playing the Giants. And the Giants were leading in that game. And it looked like the Giants were going to win it. And I there was a chance in the fourth quarter. I was going to ask you about this, whether you thought the Giants lost that game or whether the Buccaneers won I it. I think the Giants lost it. And you have to remember, Joe, you, you express surprise at situations like that. And, yeah, the Giants only have one win. But there is only really one team in the NFL that is so totally outclassed by everybody, and that's the New York Jets. They're the ones who are not really capable of winning. All the others are. You know, Pete Rosell came up with that very famous slogan for the NFL on any given Sunday. Well, the fact of the matter remains, it can be on any yeah. given Sunday except for that one team. They, I just, they simply can't compete. But the others, anybody can win. And there are any breaks. That includes today. Now, we're going to get into the, the depth factor here. But, yeah, the Carolina Panthers could come into Kansas City and win. Do you, do you see the Jets? No, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you see the Jets having a total losing season this year? Yeah, I see them going 0-16. Yeah, they just okay. simply do not have... They do not have the overall depth to be able to win. They have talent, but Sam Darnold is not a proven quarterback. They're running backs. You know, you have Frank Gore. Folks, Frank Gore is my age, and he is <laughs> still in there. Running. He played. He he played with Steve Young, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yes, he did. sure. He I was mean, in that Forty ers backfield. Yeah, uh, but they, they, it's just a team that's really poorly put together. Yes. So no, I don't see. I see them going 0-16. Yes. Let me ask you this: Is do you consider the Chiefs to be the most complete team at the midpoint most of the season? Versatile. Most versatile yeah. team is is how I complete. I don't think it's fair to ever say any team is complete because they have some deficiencies. I think we may see them exposed today, but those deficiencies are certainly outweighed by all the positives they have on this ball club. So from a diversity standpoint. And I'm talking about the talent diversity standpoint here. Yes, I do think the Chiefs are probably the best. Do you think Teddy Bruschi has the best hair of any commentator in the NFL? <laughs> he's got some great hair, man. I just He's, what, 45 probably now? Got some great hair. Anyway, let's uh, get back to the game. Last week, not much of a competition. The Chiefs didn't do anything spectacular, but they just went out and did what they needed to do and won that game, beat the Jets. They, I'll tell you what they did that surprised me. I thought they would run. I thought they would work on their running game, uh, give uh, Le'Veon Bell a lot of chances. It turns out that New York stacked their defense against the run. So the Chiefs said, okay, hey, if that's the way it's going to be, all right, we'll have to put you to uh, 
I hesitate to use the finality of it. We'll put you in the loss column uh, by going to the air, which they did. What, mm-hmm. 415 yards he had, 416, somewhere around there, and five touchdowns? Well, New York had no defense against that. Had they stacked their defense differently, then I think the Chiefs would have run the ball on them. So from that aspect, but no, the result, <clears throat> do you recall my final score? Yeah, I was closer, actually, though. The final I, score, I picked it 38-10. No, you didn't. I did. No, I, you didn't. Go back and check the <laughs> recording. Uh, we don't have that anyway. Well, I mean, also, oh, you're, always making, you're always making excuses when you pick wrong. <laughs> well, also, we saw some fun. We saw 16 yards in the air from our punter, you know, on a nice uh, quick play like that, which I thought was a great thing to, for them to run and to trust, test out on against a team like that. And the throw was actually pretty confident. I mean, I was I got to watch the game with my family uh, last Sunday and uh, was watching. Got to see a lot more differently than necessarily what we get from Mitch and the guys. But and I, I usually prefer the radio, but the boys wanted me to come over and watch it with them. So it was good watching that. And then of course there was the uh, piggyback victory run of Tyreek on uh, Patrick's back uh, down the sidelines. <laughs> that was fun. But, yeah, I thought last week they got some opportunities to run some different plays and to do a few things differently. And uh, while Ned's right, they're never going to have a complete team due to injury or this year or their other factor we've got in the play. But the overall best put-together team, yeah, I think the Chiefs are kind of head and shoulders above a lot of the others. Well, Pittsburgh's at the top of the power rankings, and, and and as you often say, Ned, that's just something for people to talk about during the course of the week. It doesn't really mean anything, but the Pittsburgh looks awfully good. They beat the Ravens last week, and they've won a couple of tough games. And uh, you know, I think they deserve to be at the top of that at the top of that poll right now, as far as that whatever that means to anybody, which is nothing. <laughs> the power rankings are there for the media they're for there for the media to discuss during the week they yes. have absolutely no relevance at all and the chiefs beat the ravens chiefs did not beat the titans because they didn't play them but the pittsburgh steelers uh did have a very impressive 27 to 24 win over tennessee in nashville but keep in mind tennessee was coming back at the very end of that game and ifs ands and buts and uh, no i understand that but the fact is that uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has a good team. Don't I'm not denying that. I just don't think that they're a capable undefeated team number 1 nor a Super Bowl champion number 2. Let's look at today's game. Christian McCafferty is coming back today, I understand. Mm-hmm. And and he's of course is a game changer sort of guy as far as his running, catching ability. But what do you think of Carolina's chances today in the game against the Chiefs? It is a trap game. Now, is that it? by calling it a trap game, do I think the Chiefs are going to lose? No, not at all. Carolina is very inferior in a lot of respects to what Kansas City is superior in doing. But I do think there will be a lot of scoring in this game because McCaffrey does add that certain element to a, an offense that also includes Mike Davis. And Davis has played extremely well. Furthermore, while Teddy Bridgewater might not be your your ultimate all-pro quarterback, he is a certainly capable quarterback. He can do some things. He can throw the long ball. He has some quickness, not Mahomes-like quickness, but he does have a certain elusive aspect about his game that makes him very difficult. I remember, and it's been a long time ago, like, uh, what, eight, nine years ago when Missouri State played him at Louisville, and uh, he was awfully tough to handle back then. He's an All-American. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that in the pros, the athletes are that much better. 
and he has been slowed just a little bit. But he's a good quarterback. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and Carolina has a good offense. McCaffrey makes it so much better. What do you think about Carolina's chances today, Stormy? Uh, well, I, I agree. He first said it with Mikey on uh, Friday morning. Is is this is a potential trap game because even though Carolina is not nearly going to be a picked favorite by anyone, they do have the capability and they do have great talent that could make for a surprise if the Chiefs come in and let their guard down, which I honestly don't see Andy Reid letting them do. He's just he's too much of a calculator, too much of a mad scientist type to walk in there and just say, here's all the different scenarios, be ready for anything. Let me ask you this. This is the game before the bye week. You, you've already said that it's a trap game, that, that you could see the Chiefs letting down just a little bit as they go into this game. Do you think Carolina is the type of team that can beat the Chiefs? They're in a rebuilding year. They've got, uh, I think they've got a new head coach. They've uh, they obviously moved away from Cam Newton with t- Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCafferty has been hurt. They don't have any marquee names on that team. Do you think that they can beat the Chiefs today? Yes, I do. They, really? They can beat the Chiefs. And you're forgetting the major factor involved, gentlemen, the major factor. The new coach and one of the outstanding wide receivers, Robbie Anderson, where are they both from? Ladies and gentlemen, Temple University. Thank oh. you. <laughs> and Coach Rule, of course, put Temple on the map a couple of years ago and then went to Baylor, and now, now he's with the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Anderson was one of the Temple's uh, record-breaking receivers down there. So, yeah, I'm being facetious, of course, is that being a factor. But Anderson's a very fine receiver. And Rule is learning his way now in the NFL. He comes in with no NFL experience at all. And uh, when you come into a program like Carolina, which was a bit disheveled, uh, it's up to you to be able to rebuild this. This is a team, as Stormy just pointed out, there are component parts in there that if Kansas City is asleep at the switch, they'll pay the price for it. I don't see that happening at all. But there are those ifs, ands, and buts, as we mentioned earlier, and it is the NFL. And with the type of team that Carolina has, and they will be mostly ground-oriented, they'll, they'll try to keep, the, keep Kansas City off the field, which is what they're going to try to do. They're capable of doing that. So I think we have the makings of an interesting game. I do not foresee an upset. However, going into a bye week, psychologically, these guys could be a little bit down. After the bye week, there is no way they'll be down because the Las Vegas Raiders will be waiting on a Sunday night. That's why I think the reverse might be true here. All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the game plan for today's game. We'll talk about college football. It all happens right here on Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave, 43 minutes away from pregame. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Sunday morning, I'm in the studio with Ned Reynolds and Stormy Davis. I am Joe Weston, and we are talking football. Let's switch gears a little bit, Ned, and talk about college football. Big game last night. What's brewing in college football? It's brought to you by Arctic <laughs> Food and Equipment. I, my, everything's too far away from me today. I, I think I can read it, and then I have to pick it up and look at it. Arctic Food Equipment. That's who brings I, I that watched, to us. I rewatched the original episode of WKRP this morning, so that Johnny Fever intro part at the beginning where you has to look at everything to remember who's playing it just struck me how you did 
I—that's I, the second time I've done that. I, pr- I probably need to have my eyes checked. You mean Let's... to tell me you have to use cue cards? Come on, Joe! Come on! There's a lot going on in this brain. Not all of it good, but you know, there's a lot going on up there. So let's talk about that big game last night: Notre Dame and Clemson. It yeah. was a terrific game, and in keeping with Notre Dame tradition, they knocked off the number one in the country. It's happened before. I had a feeling it was going to happen again. Clemson is good. I wouldn't call them great without Trevor Lawrence in there. The backup quarterback who has the it, – it's its a name that's very difficult to pronounce, so I'm not even going to get yeah, into it. Yeah, let's not. Uh, whatever. Okay. Don't, try. don't. Anyway, they're good, but they aren't great with him and as yeah. the QB. Notre Dame was up in this game 23-10. to 23-10 to with two minutes left in the third period. Clemson came back, and Clemson is certainly capable of doing that. Etienne, their uh, running back, is a terrific player. They have some great speed on defense. This is a Dabo Sweeney has himself a terrific football team. Anyway, to cut it short, Notre Dame wins in the second overtime when Clemson, which had the, the chance to match Notre Dame's touchdown, just threw the ball all over the lot and didn't do a, do a, a good job at all. It's that mystique of playing in South Bend when you're number one and Notre Dame challenging you that really has come to the fore so many times. Miami with the the very famous Catholics versus the convicts game back in 1988. Florida State in 1993 with Charlie Ward at quarterback later in the NBA. Came Bobby Bowden brought a number one team in there. Notre Dame beat him by one point. And there have been others, Southern Cal going in there with Reggie Bush and losing games, the Michigan State teams earlier. But that's just it. It has an appeal about it when you go. Notre Dame's mystique seems to overcome this. Is Notre Dame a great team? No. But they are a very good team, yes. Here, here's the history. I find this to be absolutely fascinating. The year that Notre Dame upset Florida State, as Florida State the number one team, and they beat them 32-31 to 31 or 31-30. to 30, I'm not sure which. One of those scores at South Bend. The next week, the next week, Notre Dame lost, and they lost to Boston College in a big surprise. Who does Notre Dame play next week? Boston College. Boston College at Chestnut Hill. Chestnut Hill is a suburb of Boston where a BC is. So you see those, uh, now I don't, is history going to repeat itself? Hey, Boston College had Clemson on the ropes last week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that could be a very difficult game for, uh, for Notre Dame. That's a, that's a very big win. Other big wins. I, I can't explain Maryland and Penn state. Absolutely cannot imagine that happened. 35 to 19. I think the final was that Maryland, Maryland's beaten Penn State three times in the last 50 years or something like that. And uh, they beat him, beat him yesterday. That's uh, Tovaloa's brother is the quarterback now for the Maryland Terrapins. Penn State is 0-3. Michigan losing to Indiana. And the better team won the game. It's not like an upset. Michigan is really struggling. And I have to think there's probably going to be some significant changes there as well. Team that's surprising to me is out of the American Athletic Conference, and they are the Bearcats of Cincinnati. They have played very, very well. They took a good uh, ball club yesterday in Houston and buried them 38 to 10. They have won some very big games. Otherwise, they're probably going to be a playoff team the way things are going right now. Uh, so yeah, I think there's some big surprises in college football, and you see the the pendulum kind of swinging away from some of the power teams. 
one not to discount, even though they do have two losses, is Oklahoma. The Sooners playing very well now. Kansas, come on, 62-7 to or whatever the final score is. Maybe 62-3, to but whatever. Kansas is not somebody by whom to be able to judge your football team. They're just not very good at all. But Oklahoma is beginning to come on. You start unleashing their powerful offense and having them get some confidence. The rest of the Big 12 conference season, hey, they'll be awfully tough to handle. Did you think Jim Harbaugh lost his job yesterday? I did. I did. I think he may have lost it before then. But uh, the fact is that Harbaugh is not getting it done, and he's had a lot of criticism up at Michigan. He certainly had to be gearing for this year, although the pandemic has certainly played a big effect. No question about that. But Harbaugh hasn't won himself a lot of fans up there because they haven't achieved. And here you have a loss to who, the Hoosiers. And basketball, yeah, maybe. But football, never. Let's switch gears a little bit about that, Stormy, and talk about your favorite college football team because we haven't mentioned them yet. And they should move into the number one spot this week. They should. They should. Missouri State football. I mean, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> Come on, I had to give somebody a little hope there for just a brief second. But no, uh, the Crimson Tide still playing very, very well in what's a chaotic season because you've got leagues that are just coming back in. They're coming in at the last minute. Um, I almost feel like the college rankings are like the NFL power rankings. It's like it doesn't make any sense and it almost doesn't mean anything because you've got teams in there that either haven't played or as we were talking Penn State that's got a messed up uh, one loss record, and we just can't figure out why they're in here and there. So to me, it's just I'm I'm just going game by game as to who beats who. And the thing about Notre Dame, oh, I just want to say this real quickly: playing at Notre Dame in football is like having to go to play Madison Square Garden to play basketball, or having to go to the Green Monster to play baseball. <laughs> it is just this intimidation factor of its history and the fact that they seem to have some kind of a overwhelming superpower when they are sitting at home to play that it hits teams, and I don't care how much they followed it or not, they hear the stories and they know about the, the history of it. Let and me let me say something really quick, though. That That's if there's another team playing in Madison Square Garden other than the Knicks. <laughs> that's true. That's okay, true. Let's just Their own that team. Yeah. That's it. The uh, the ghost of George Yip comes back uh, every, <laughs> every time. What was the story? It, it occurred in a game back in, uh, oh, I think, uh, oh, gosh, Back maybe in the late 60s sometime, Notre Dame playing somebody. And the running back got the ball and was just able to get over the goal line. That's before the playoffs, uh, before uh, extra period involved. Yeah. It just got over the goal line. And he, you know, the fan, he, I woke, he said he opened his eyes. Uh, he's over the goal line. And he looked up, heard the fans cheering, and he looked up into touchdown Jesus, which sits right over that one end zone. It's the uh, – the, the, uh, I don't hesitate to call it a painting, but it's a statue of the Lord praising the praising the millions, and it has his hands up as though he's a referee. <laughs> they call it they call it touchdown Jesus, and he said that was the first thing he said. I knew I was in the right place. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, Stormy brought this up, and I want to talk about it for just a minute because something that always irritates me during college football season is the polls, the rankings, oh, yes. because. Uh, Football and the NCAA is controlled by the power conferences, the power schools, and and you can say rightfully so because of the money there, but Penn State was 0-2 and, and in the top 25, and they're, you know, there's still somebody that's going to make an argument this week at 0-3 that they probably belong. Uh, no. I, 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 bet, I bet somebody will try to make an argument, but 
the 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 deck's going to get slightly reshuffled here. Alabama's obviously going to go into the number one spot, but I've heard a lot of people say they felt like Clemson was going to go to five because they want Clemson in there. They want Clemson to be in the playoffs. Do you feel like that? You know, this is just a totally mani- manipulated thing. No, not no, not totally manipulated because when you come down to the real rankings that come out, and I think the date, the first one I think is November 27th, but I'm not sure. But the bowl rankings are formed by a 14-person committee. They get together and they discuss some of these things. Now, whether or not there's an unwritten rule that you're going to put certain teams in the in the four, in the top final four, that, I, I don't know. That's That's simply the old conspiratorial theory that you hear about. But... Uh, yes, it would appear as though the committee probably leans toward getting the bigger name teams in there. Ohio State will certainly be in. Uh, Alabama will certainly be in. Will Notre Dame be in? Will Oklahoma be in? Notre Dame doesn't have any losses, so it could be that they'll they'll be a factor. And that would not be frowned upon by the committee mm-hmm. because they know these are teams that people watch when they're on TV. But then how about a deserving team like Cincinnati? They're very good. Uh, Art Haynes was talking earlier this morning about Liberty being undefeated at this point. And Liberty went to Blacksburg and beat Virginia Tech yesterday. Liberty Mm -hmm. is a newcomer to a D1A football, and that's what I call it. I'm going to go into that FBS and FCS stuff. The FBS is a lot of BS. Yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, uh, the Liberty Ball Club has come on. I know my buddy Kirk Elmquist is overwhelmed by this (laughs) because that's where he went and played. But the, the fact is that they are a very good football team, and they're coming into their own. So, yeah, there are a lot of newcomers who are kind of forcing their way into the entire system. Do I think the polls are manipulated? Again, Joe, when you have the Associated Press and the other college coaches poll and so forth, that's, that is subjective, and that's taken by a vote of anybody and everybody, and I, it's probably the sports information directors who do the voting and not the coaches. But be that as it may, the one that comes out here that lists the top four teams, and that'll be November 27th, right up until December 19th or 20th. I don't remember what the date is. That's the poll that you want to watch because mm-hmm. they're the ones who are the ranking teams that are going to get into the bowl games. Bowl games. Yeah. We mentioned this earlier about Jim Harbaugh possibly losing his job on Saturday because of the loss to Indiana. Who's going to be the NFL team that hires him? Because I don't think he'll be out of work very long. He won't be hired as a head coach. He'll be hired as an assistant by somebody, and he'll work his way around the league for a number of years. You really think so? I mean, he had such great success with San Francisco, and I just I feel like somebody will snag him right away and put him in a head coaching job. Yeah, but you see, the difference is this. When you're dealing in the pros, you, you're up, it's your staff and the scouts who are signing the players. And the same thing in, in college, but you better start recruiting them, too. They don't have anybody up there at Michigan. They have nobody. They've done a poor job of of recruiting the talent level. Michigan State going in there to Ann Arbor and winning, admittedly, no fans there, but that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And Indiana yesterday shouldn't happen. It, it, it Rutgers and Maryland, come on, people. But the fact is that his pressures, no, I don't think he'd be hired as a head coach. It just would not resonate very well with the fan base. Well, we are just about 25 minutes away from Art Haynes taking over. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. 
That music coming on also reminds me to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. That is Wednesday. I want to say thanks to Ned Brunnels. He's a veteran, and I uh, want to say thanks to you, Ned, for your service. That's very kind. Thank very you. appreciated, and uh, always a great day. We should always take care of our veterans and say nice things to them, but think about it on Wednesday and uh, make sure the veterans in your life know that uh, how much you appreciate everything that they've done for us in our well, country. I can add, especially the Marines, because the Marine Corps birthday is November 10th, one day before Veterans Day. Now, so you were in the Navy, and I've, I have a friend that was in the Navy, and he said, uh, now I'm going to make a lot of Marine guys mad, that they were just they were nothing but bellboys because the, they had to be taken around by the Navy everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, that's not going to resonate very well. <laughs> well, that's what my friend in the Navy said. I'm just I'm just passing along that information to you. So let's talk about what's uh, going on in today's game. We're going to get the injury report from Stormy. It's brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton and Stormy. I held my sheet of paper in my hand so that I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I could read it. Well, uh, what I talked about earlier off the air is the inactive list has come out earlier than normal and uh, so we do know that Sammy Watkins, Tedrick Thompson, Darius Harris, Darius Harris, Damone Harris, Mitchell Schwartz, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Kalen Saunders are all out uh, for the Chiefs. You're missing uh, a name on there that's interesting. Chris Jones' name is not on there. Well, it, it and Joe pointed out on the on the uh, news ticker that we are watching the game prep on the television that Chris Jones uh, it might be playing today. So it'll be interesting to see. On the Carolina side, uh, of course, P.J. Walker, uh, Mark and Mick Michael. Jeremy Chin, Sean Chandler, Michael Schofield, and Russell Okong. Oh, I'm sorry, Bruce Hector will be off there. But uh, interestingly enough, the Chiefs have uh, activated two players, uh, Garrick Dieter, uh, wide receiver, and then, of course, offensive lineman uh, Brian Witzman have been activated for the game due to some of these injuries and some of the different uh, things going on. Dieter Kidd has been with them before. So, yes, so both have, Witzman both have been on the active at roster. Witzman is uh, uh, also a Valley kid. He's South Dakota mm-hmm. State University, and he was a great star in the Valley back in 2013-2014. Oh, and uh, Dieter has been a, uh, an effective receiver, but I wouldn't call him anywhere near a great one, and he's probably been on the taxi squad. He's been off and on and off and on with the Chiefs all during his career. But So these are two guys who certainly know the scheme, no question about that. Let's uh, also check in with Stormy for his fantasy wick. Fantasy wick, fantasy pick, brought to you by Fazoli's. Here's my fantasy wick for this week. <laughs> uh, it's Marvin Jones Jr. of the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, wide receiver for them and uh, doesn't have a lot of big numbers yet, uh, although he has gotten 265 yards on the ground and uh, just a lot of great potential with him and one of those players that could help out a fantasy team in in a game very quickly if he has a great day. We've got a couple of big games today, several. It's a great menu of NFL football today. Raiders and Chargers playing today. Anytime that you get two conference teams like Mm -hmm. that together and those teams both played the Chiefs very tight so that should be an interesting game. I think the one that people have their eye on though closely is two Hall of Fame quarterbacks taking each other on today. Second meeting of the year between these two. Remember, they opened up the season in New Orleans, and the Saints were able to come from behind because Tampa Bay had an early lead in that game, but it didn't last. So Tampa Bay, that's one of their two losses, certainly want to make amends, and they're playing tonight in Florida. It'll be a very good game, two really great quarterbacks. And when you match up these two, Brady and Breeze, you have 
guys who have capabilities along the same lines, both great passing quarterbacks. I would say Breeze is probably, <laughs> if you're if you're comparing running styles, maybe a little bit more active than Tom Brady likes to be. But the fact is that they are both very skilled, both outstanding competitors, and I think you'll see a very good football game playing in Tampa Bay, Iowa, which is the Super Bowl site, Raymond James Stadium. Uh, for tonight, I would put, I don't know what the spread is, but I would put it on Tampa Bay in a very narrow ball game. But uh, who's the better team? Well, the Saints were the first one, so we'll see what happens. Well, I love these games because it's always like uh, you're you're at the OK Corral getting watched, getting ready to watch two really great gunfighters go at it. Um, it's going to be a good matchup between the two, and uh, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing which one comes out and on top on that. And I'm personally going to go with Breeze, but you know it's just okay. me. Aren't the two of them going back and forth right now as the all-time NFL touchdown pass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, yes. they're just so at some point in this game, it'll flip back and forth probably. Well, I know that Mahomes has beaten both of them in one category, maybe single maybe single game pass, some, some one of the categories they have. But, yeah, as far as long-term maturity in the NFL, these guys are bouncing back and forth and sharing the record, and I think they both like that too. And the Buccaneers are up by three-and-a-half points for the spread okay. right now. Three Let's talk about another game that might fly under the radar for most fans, and that is the Dolphins and the Cardinals because – these two teams are up and coming. Uh, I think the Dolphins' record is 5-2 and two now. The Cardinals are, uh, I think, have a very similar record. So you're going to see two young quarterbacks in this game, Kyler Murray and Tua. Uh, what do you think about that game? I would give the nod to Kyler Murray playing at home, and the Cardinals will be at home. Miami is coming on, but they're not there yet. The Cardinals are there. They are a very good football team and a very dangerous football team made mm-hmm. principally by the activity of Kyler Murray, who is very quick and can throw. And we saw him last year or two years ago with Oklahoma and how well he could do uh, with the arm. Well, he's doing it with the pros as well. And uh, you see uh, Tua Talavigoa, or however he says That's it. easy for You're you close to enough. say. <laughs> Tagvialoa is, I think, the, uh, the proper pronunciation. But regardless of that, he is uh, also recovering and coming on and acclimating himself to the pro level and has some wins, five. That's pretty doggone good. But I don't think they're quite ready yet to make a challenge, so I'll have to give the nod to Arizona. Who do you like in the game, Stormy? Uh, the Lions got uh, Cardinals up by six, but um, I think it's a close enough game that I think we could see it go either way. But I'm I'm personally going to pull for the Dolphins on that one. But uh, I've, I've got good ties and good friends from the Islanders, and so I, I always kind of go with those guys when I get the chance. Cause the work ethic uh, you get out of those kids is un matchable and Tua seems to be the same way he just won't quit he won't give up and he has a true appreciation for the game that picture of him going back out to the 15 yard line after the first uh NFL game he had and sitting there just just looking around and soaking in the atmosphere is going to stick with me for a long time so I'm gonna have to pull for him let's talk about one more game that would be and for all of us that are over the age of 45 which is everybody in this room (laughs) Uh, would be a marquee game in any other NFL season. It is not uh, today, Steelers and Cowboys. Uh, we look. I, I obviously Steelers going to win that game because the Cowboys are just a hot. Well, mess. you said nothing is obvious. Nothing in the NFL is. Oh obvious. come on, this is pretty close. <laughs> unless it's the New York Jets, and then uh, a win there is obviously going to happen. This game, I believe, is in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, all right. You have the Cowboys playing at home. You have a Cowboys team that has been wounded. 
And I mean, that's a painful wound. You have an owner who is constantly bellering at them, Jerry Jones. And you have Pittsburgh Steelers coming in who are undefeated. Yes, the Steelers should win the game, but I am not convinced that's going to happen. I think it'll be a close game. I cannot see Pittsburgh blowing out Dallas in their own home ballpark, but we'll see. This, the Dallas team isn't really very good at all, let's, but they do have capabilities. Let's talk to Stormy because he's our, our resident Cowboys fan. Yeah, they were my they were my favorite fan team growing up. And what's funny was my favorite player of all time was a Steeler, Terry Bradshaw. He says, I fell in love with football during the Steelers-Cowboys wars of the 70s. And uh, I don't know if any of that mystique from that era will ever come back <laughs> for these teams. It should. If, if there's something, if I were Jerry Jones and I were going to push something, I would say, listen, this is a team that if you can find a way to come back and beat them, the undefeated team in the league, with the history we have with these guys, would be huge. However, the line on this is 14 and a half right now. Wow, that's enormous. Um, Under or over, what are you going? <laughs> I'm personally going to go over. I, I think the Steelers are just going to – I would love for the see the Cowboys come through and win it, but uh, it's just not going to happen. What do you think, Dad? 14 points. I'll take those points and go with the Cowboys any day. That's an awful lot to be giving up. I don't care how bad you are and – but having said all that, I do think Pittsburgh probably wins the game, but I'm not so sure the Cowboys won't give them some problems. We'll be back in a moment with Ned Talk. Chiefs are playing in Carolina today. So that means we'll give you the Carolina weather. No. no, no, no. We're here. We're here. We're listening to yeah, Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. <laughs> Part of the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> Radio Network. I did that wrong last week, too. And it's because of the stupid schedule that we have here. We talked about that earlier, whether teams actually tell you whether they're going to be, whether they're placed. In the old days, the team that was placed first was the team that was uh, that was playing away. And this stupid schedule that we have laying here, which I blame Mike the intern for, by the way, always has it in the wrong spot so i'm sorry we're playing in kansas city today so quickly as i change gears you guys want to talk about something while i change gears and not let me <laughs> not let me flail around on the air anymore here put your, so uh, put your foot on the clutch now and then g- grab the uh <laughs> the gear <laughs> exactly well exactly. i went and pulled up the weather here off off kansas city if you want me to hit that it's gonna yeah. be 71 degrees at kickoff and uh partially partly sunny but uh the sun's supposed to be out full board at kansas city by about 3 3 4 p.m so uh, later in the game, could get some good sunshine up there. But it's going to be a beautiful day for football, that's for sure. All right, Ned, let's talk about your player of the week. It's brought to you by Mid-Missouri Bank. My player of the week will be one of the Chiefs, and I'm going to go on defense with this one. I'm going to go with Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker. And the reason I'm going with him is because I think Carolina tries to stay on the ground. They'll try to run the ball keep the Chiefs off the field. The linebacking crew, and hey, he's one of them. Chris Jones, if he plays, will certainly be a key factor as well. But I, that's how Kansas City is going to stop. Uh, Carolina by using a very strong run defense. Well, Kansas City's up uh, on the line by ten points. I think it might be. I think that's a pretty good guess on uh, where we'll be at with with the game uh, because Carolina, like we said, does have some good offensive weapons if they're used right, and especially if you know one or two mistakes might happen on our side, which I hope they don't, of course. But uh, they do have some good talent on the team. I'm going thirty-five seventeen in the game today. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write this down so that Ned and I won't write down my 38 to 10 last week too. If you will, (laughs) no, I'm not going. I'm not going to write that down. That's that's my pick for the week. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, 35-17. And what's what's your score? Kansas City. I'm I'm going to say 
Let, let's give them 34, kind of a hybrid number. Oh, you're gonna, you're goal. totally gonna get prices right me here, aren't you? Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I say 34-17, the final. I'm gonna go 28-17. 28-17. That's pretty good. Okay, so we've got our picks and we're all set to go. Thanks to you guys for being in the studio with me as this morning as good I fumble around trying to do everything that I need to do and. Get everything going. Ned, once again, thanks for being here, and I want to wish you a happy Veterans Day to all our veterans. I was just joking earlier, just passing that along. My father-in-law is a Marine, so have all the respect for everybody that serves in all our armed forces. So happy Veterans Day to everybody out there, and especially to you, Ned. Thank you, sir. Stormy, thanks for being with us. Great to be here, as always. Everybody have a great day out there, and go Chiefs. That's right. Beautiful weather in front of us. We have a bye week next week, so it'll be two weeks before we're back on the air. Perhaps I'll be better prepared by then. Want to say thanks to Mike, the intern, Scott Meyer, Corbin Campbell, Nick Fury. Get set as pregame gets ready to start with Art Haynes next, right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, 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 oh,